Race fans and race teams are always asking the engineers to build better and more exciting cars. And occasionally, the engineers get the chance to build a brand new car right from the ground up, clean sheet of paper, that blows away anything that anyone's seen before. So how do the fans react? Well, typically with a bit of suspicion and a little bit of an underwhelmed meh. That's precisely what we explore with Simon Marshall, chief engineer of the controversial Delta Wing race cars, on the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome to the Grassroots Motorsports and Classic Motorsports Podcast. This is the official podcast of Grassroots Motorsports Magazine and Classic Motorsports Magazine. Uh, my name is J.G. Pasterjack. I am the art director of Grassroots Motorsports Magazine and Classic Motorsports Magazine. And I'm the copy and design editor for both magazines. My name is Sarah Young. And here's what we do on the podcast. We try and bring folks a look uh, behind the scenes of what we do making a national car magazine. There's a lot of cool conversations we have and um, a, lot of, a lot of neat research that we do in working on our auto journalism stuff. And we have no real place in the magazine to put some of that cool information and some of those cool conversations we have. But now we have the podcast. Um, so that's what we uh, that's what we use to, to bring bring a little peek behind the scenes to our readers and uh, and boy wouldn't you love to be one of our readers? <laughs> uh, we actually have two magazines that we produce. Um, one is Grassroots Motorsports, um, and if you want twenty percent off your subscription rate, just head to grassrootsmotorsports.com/discount. Um, and for our more classic car-oriented magazine, Classic Motorsports, uh, head to classicmotorsports.net slash discount. You can get 20% off for that, too, whether it's renewal or a new, new subscription. Yeah, and if you're not a subscriber, um, you really, you really should fix that. And Sarah just gave you, gave you the tools to go out and and do that at a substantial discount. Uh, So, who is on the big show today, Sarah? Who are we talking to? Uh, Today we have Simon Marshall. He's the lead engineer of the Delta Wing team. Oh yes, very very cool conversation we have with Simon. Uh, We actually talked to him at the uh, the first winter test days at Daytona International Speedway um, that they were doing for the new IMSA series. And if you're not familiar with uh, with the Delta Wing, this is a race car that was designed uh, essentially with a clean sheet of paper. I mean, it, it is... People have, have called it everything from revolutionary to goofy-looking and, and everything in between. It is a, um, a, a pointy-nosed... Um, is sort of challenge to everything that we know about about race car design and a fellow named Ben Bowlby was the original sort of designer and, and father of, of, of the design and it was this was a really neat conversation we had with Simon because you know he, he's obviously an engineer I mean he's an extremely smart gifted you know geeky sort of very into his job 
sort of guy. And it was really fun to sit down with, with a guy who's been given who he, he has all this knowledge and he has all this enthusiasm. And then the only limitations you give him is go fast. And uh, what are the other goals of the Delta Wing? Well, it was really sort of designed to you know not just be be competitive, but to be to be competitive um, and extremely efficient. And in fact, a lot of the speed that it's that it's that it produces is through efficiency. I mean, it weighs less than half of the next heaviest car in its class. I mean, this car weighs eleven hundred pounds, which is ridiculously light. And and it, it's it has this very unique sort of narrow front, wide back design, which is not something that we're used to seeing in race cars, but through an amazing combination of physics, you know, it it, it somehow works. Yeah. And sometimes it needs to be like some kinks to be worked out because it's such a kind of balancing act of like lightweight and the center of gravity and the weight distribution um that tuning it is a really fine fine process yeah well they're definitely finding that you know there's there's no there's no sort of precedent for developing anything like this i mean there's yeah. there's no message board out there where they How can go do see you tune a car that's never existed before yeah exactly so that's that's one of the the processes they're having to go through and they're having you know typical new car uh, teething pains and and the fact that the car is very very light um you know means that means that every once in a while when they take a shot from from another car um, they're likely to get knocked out of the race, but you know, again, very, very impressive to see see somebody doing something that has never been done before. So, uh, please sit back and enjoy our conversation with Simon Marshall. And actually, uh, this was done in the press room at Daytona International Speedway during a test day, as I had mentioned. And the the track is sort of in a preseason mode, so uh, I think at a couple points the uh, a couple of the groundskeepers actually walk in and start emptying the garbage, um, so you might hear some clanging and banging around. But we got to put up with uh, with the stuff when we're doing these fun, fun interviews. So please enjoy our conversation with Simon Marshall. All right, uh, we are sitting down uh, at the first Daytona Winter Test session here with Simon Marshall, who is uh, now. I, I never. I, I know you were there with Ben Bowlby in the initial days of development of the Delta yeah. Wing, but what's your position now with yeah. the Delta Wing? I'm. I don't really have a title, but I am the lead engineer. Okay. For the um, for the Delta Wing program. So you've been there since day one. Yeah, we we rocked up. Um, me, Ben Bowlby, and Zach Eakin joined with um, John Ward um, at Gurney at the All-American Racers shop in Santa Ana, California in August 2011 okay. and um, it was a very good design scenario because uh, Ben was inventing and politicking and finding money and resources and the other three of us were just chained to our CAD screens for you know 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. every day for months and months until we'd drawn a car and it was a very casual process how to get our drawings give them to a guy that worked at AAR he'd go off and um, find a way to make them Um, 
it was really quick. It was, there was no bureaucracy involved at that stage, so uh, it was it was. So, as ideal. an engineer, what types of parameters were you given for the project? Just invent a car that will go fast, or what were you? No. So the, the concept existed from maybe two thousand nine or ten, where they were trying to make the new IndyCar proposal based on this layout, and the whole point of it a lot of people say what is the point why do you make this car look like that it's stupid um, the whole point is to have the to pass the safety tests and to achieve the lap time but use half the fuel and be, to be more relevant with how um, auto manufacturers now are struggling to give the customer everything and use half the fuel or a lot less fuel and it was apparent that there's nothing you can do with a race car today with the regulations be it a sports car or an Indy car to vary the fuel economy by more than 2% or 5% and that's not going to do so you have to start again entirely and write your own rules based around massive weight saving massive drag reduction and then you can put a small engine in and do the same performance and that is how we got to where we are with the odd shape of the car the, the front end being that shape was a golden opportunity to um, lose a lot of weight from somewhere on a race car and if you can take it all off one end fine and so <coughs> dynamically I, you know with my rudimentary understanding <coughs> of engineering as a as a communications major but being around racing for so long, I, I think I intellectually understand how the car works dynamically. But the racer part of me, the guy that's been in a car and feels that every time you turn that wheel, the weight transfers forward and loads those front wheels, and, and you're constantly trying to manage essentially the contact patch of those front wheels, that must have been a challenge for you guys, or it was either a challenge or a revelation to realize that that wasn't absolutely necessary. Yeah, it, it was it was more of a, a revelation which Ben originally worked this stuff out in his his mind and before he sort of revealed his ridiculous plan to anybody um, at home he um, created two identical radio controlled cars um, and he he made one with a single wheel at the front and weight distribution to the back and put GoPros on and run ran them up and down his street and with slow motion GoPro he could see that you know the the four square car understeering like a pig even though you know these these little cars are very nimble they do handle really well these little RC cars mm. but still a massive scrub scrub um, angle on the front tires and then with the the same experiment with the three-wheeler it would just point and dart and go um, and it ended and it was very stable because he would make sure that the braking is on the rear axle which is you know 60% of our braking force is up through the rear tires where on a normal car it's probably 70% on the front with the weight behind it it's all wrong so that's why race cars want to spin on the way into turns but ours wants to straighten up it's stable in that way so from a from a team perspective when when you have drivers in these cars do you have to 
I mean, physics obviously is a constant. So you're, you're going to have all the same things. You're still managing the mass of a race car. But from a driver's perspective, are they having to learn to communicate different things to the team, to communicate how they want the car changed or what the car is doing or not doing for them? What's what's that communication like? Yeah, it, the, the process is still the same, um, and they still feel the same things in the same way. Um, how we deal with it might be a bit different because we, we don't have wings and dive planes and trim elements aerodynamically. We've got some gurneys on the back, which today at Daytona we, we started out even today, day two here, with five inch rear gurneys from Sebring. And uh, just before lunch we got right down to two inch and the speed, the speed comes and obviously the lap time does at Daytona but um, because we've, we've got to be very ginger at the moment with how much power we're asking for because we've got a little two liter engine and it's turbocharged and it's on the verge of detonation <laughs> and so we've got to work with our anti-knock systems and um, timing to creep up so we, we've added some power today and and we're um, we've the top speed during the day has gone up by a good 10 mile an hour and the lap time has come from a high 43 to a high 41 and so we're getting there and we're, we're a couple of stints in on a set of tires so the Continentals for us are looking quite good um, and durable we don't have a lot of mass so we're not really punishing them burying them into the banking like a Daytona prototype. Well, and, and when you say not a lot of mass, I mean, I think you told us yesterday the car weighs in at 1,100 pounds yeah, yeah. and change that. I mean, that's that's half of what what the other cars... Is yeah, especially the, the Daytona way. prototype. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so when you see that you don't have much of a contact patch, <coughs> I think your contact patch area per weight is still yeah. still pretty similar to what... Yep, it's all in, it's all in tune. Um, and the skinny front tires, we don't ask much from them. So the stress they see is just like a normal racing tire. There's no mass at the front particularly, or small amount, there's 22.5% of the weight is on the front tires. So they don't actually have to do a lot to position the front of the car. Um, and the, the majority of, of the work is done at the rear, of course. So, so the fronts are not really generating any sort of appreciable cornering force. They're just sort of, sort of repositioning the front end and letting the rear, the rear <coughs> tires take yeah. all, take all the force of cornering. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it, uh, all our components at the front by by removing the weight from the front and the demand from the front, every single component can then be a lot lighter at the front. So. You, you just um, you snowball. If you're going down the right path, everything's lighter. The forces are lower. Smaller tires, lighter components. You keep going. It's easy to go the other way though. To add strength to components, add weight, and then you add demand, and you need bigger tires. And so we need to always be hard on ourselves. And it doesn't make the most durable car um, because we are trying to go super light with everything well and just just looking at the front end component i mean it looks like it looks like a, a giant rc car in the front i mean you're, yeah. you've got these these uh little half or a quarter inch heim joints that, that control the steering yeah it looks yeah. so dainty up there yeah all, all our suspension bolts at the front are 1032 
um, and um, and on our dampers as well. The dampers are Formula SAE dampers from Penske, from Kaz, K-A-Z. Yeah. So when you're tuning a car like this, since I mean, there's no there's no real precedent for any sort of tuning like this. You, you can't say, well, to take out understeer, you send your weight bias rearward more camber to the front your guys are having to sort of invent all your solutions on the fly is that does that yeah. slow down the development process or does that free you up yes and, and I see at the moment we're in need of some rear downforce because we put the coupe shape on the top that actually produces lift on the top surface we've got the same underwing as the um, the um, open car, except now we need to redevelop the underwing to produce more downforce, especially more rear downforce. So yeah, we've got to attack it more fundamentally because we don't have a lot of the tuning devices aerodynamically. Um, we've got a rear roll bar, we've got the springs and dampers both ends of course, um, but yeah, it's limited and ride height is fairly important for balance and overall downforce um, and high speed here you know as everyone is we struggle with keeping the car off the ground at 190 mile an hour now so I know you come at things from the engineering side but as a business what do you think the ultimate goal of, of Delta Wing race cars is do you, you know, are you guys want to be the next Swift or Spice that has customer cars out there? Are you pushing the envelope? What, what are you pushing yeah. the envelope for, essentially? Yes, we'd like to um, sell some, some Delta Wings into this new series. Um, but, of course, there's not many teams in the world that can afford to be here, so our market is fairly small. We would like to do a... Um, uh, more like a, an IMSA lights speed car um, which would have a composite single-seater chassis and then components from something like um, a Van Diemen um, Formula Ford which is in, in our group, it's in the panels group, the Van Diemen name so we make um, DP08 um, ZTEC 2 litre Formula Fords components from that might be suitable for uh, a cheaper, even lighter, but less downforce-sensitive um, uh, Delta winglet, okay. which, which then we can sell for with engine for something like 150,000. And all of a sudden, you're approaching that sort of star Mazda price range, yeah. You know, and 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 getting into a, a more club type series yeah, yeah. with with this sort of sort of unique architecture. Mm. And and as we discussed just before we started. You know, we were talking about um, is is this technology? Is there going to be some transfer between this and and street cars, or or is there any te technology transfer that a guy in a you know quote unquote regular car can take away? And it looks like that's that's happening already a little bit. Yeah, uh, light weighting is name of the game at the moment with road cars. Hybrids have got to lightweight, unfortunately, because they carry so much battery with them. But um, you know, if you can halve the weight of your car, you've you reduce the amount of power needed to move it. So um, motor manufacturers are getting more into carbon fiber because of this, but it's still expensive. So if if we can do something where you're not reliant on carbon fiber, you can change the layout of the car 
such that you can halve the weight of the front end, for example, and have your all your business at the back end, you, like we've done, you end up with a car which does drive nicely, and um, uh, but without being reliant on super trick materials. Um, the, this car is actually very good in the wet. Right. We're struggling for to be as competitive as we'd like to be at the moment because of reliability. We need some more downforce. Um, but in the wet, we really shine because it's much more drivable than a regular race car in the wet, um, especially under braking. Are, are there any sort of inherent inherent weaknesses that, that this layout has that you guys have had to had to engineer around a little bit? Um, it can do everything it needs to do as long as everything is perfectly right with weight distribution, etc. and C of G height. Um, there's, there's been a lot of three-wheelers in the past and they all kind of give three-wheelers a bad name um, because they tend to be laid out in, in a way that um, it doesn't they're not dynamically brilliant to drive so if you have if you have um, uh, one wheel at the front two at the back but your CFG is too high it'll be awful or if it's too far forward it'll be awful you've got to um, you got to keep the CFG very low and over the rear wheels if you turn the layout around and go for more like an old Morgan the engines over the front wheels that's a good start except then the driver is an appreciable mass behind but what you've done is put all your braking as well on the front so that so it can spin on brakes and you've put your um, you've put your uh, your drive on the front wheels maybe I got, I, were the Morgans rear drive? They were rear drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, for acceleration, you you might like your engine over the rear wheels for for the for the the weight bias that acceleration traction needs. So um, that's how we settled on the layout that we have now. It's kind it kind of does everything it needs to do as long as the weight distribution is right. Um, we can get understeer and that can kill our front tyres um, and the way to avoid it is again not to ask much of them um, so to add more front downforce potentially would not be a good way to go if we then need stronger components at the front of the car and when you talk about weight distribution you, you know, your centre of gravity is it's behind the driver it's just in front of the rear axle I mean, it's way yeah, way back it is it's um, 72.5% on the rear 27.5 on the front yeah and our aero balance is 25% on the front and is is your center of gravity also your uh, what is it the moment center your your rotation center as well I don't know about that okay. I don't know about that. Um, what? What are the driver? Are the drivers finding it to be to be raceable? I mean, in, in, in traffic, does it does it? Because I mean, it's so it's so aero dependent as well. When they start to mix it up in traffic, do they find the, the dynamics of the car changing quite a bit? No, no, it should be fine in traffic because we, we haven't got um, wing elements which are easily disturbed. The the entrance to our underbody are, are a couple of small entrances in long extensions down the side of the car. 
and it's we're not trying to grab as much air as possible in there we're trying to spin a vortex down inside it which grows in the tunnel so the tunnel is definitely not about laminar wing flow underneath it's about um, generating as big a powerful vortex as we can which uh, is super low pressure very cool so what's what's the next step for for this car do you think where where do you see where do you see delta wing in in a, in a couple of years, I mean, obviously this is a, a brand new world for the, the Tudor Sports Car Championship. Um, but what's what's the next ground you guys are hoping hoping to break? Well, we'd like to have some other cars out there, some other Delta Wings, um, safety in numbers, you know, and and also more development opportunities. Um, but to do that, we've got to prove ourselves now at Daytona. We, we've been around for a year now and we haven't had a very good showing during the year because we just can't finish races. So now we've got to do well in the Daytona, do well in Seabrook, Sebring, um, lap time, finish the race, then we might get some interest. Uh, and, and and there is the there is the capacity to build a customer car if, if a customer would, would, would be interested. I mean, you guys would certainly... Yeah, we're currently building the second coupe chassis. And if someone wanted to buy one today, then they'd get that one pretty soon. Um, we've got the cap capacity at um, Elan or Panos to make pretty much everything that is on the car, um, carbon-wise and metal-wise. Every bit of carbon we make. Um, and, and not much on the car is is sourced from outside suppliers. I mean, things like the brakes, obviously, but yeah, all well, the suspension components are, are unique to... to they're, un they're unique and we drew them. We make all the welded suspension parts as well and the uprights um, and the rear frame. The um, We have some partners that we've always been working with, the, the believers in the early days that um, said, okay, we'll, we'll do it with you. Um, gave us some good pricing and believed in the product a lot of people thought it would never work and so they wouldn't even want to be involved so PFC make our brakes for us and they make us special brakes and very special um, carbon uh, s sizes you know carbon brakes are hard to make they take a long time and they've had to dedicate some special manufacture to our size of discs um, but and the front discs are tiny on this car, but they will last 24 hours of Daytona easily. Um, because, they're, because they're doing such such a small amount of yeah, work ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Um, Metal Ore have always made our hubs and drive shafts and um, the tri tripods. Again, bulletproof stuff. Expensive, but bulletproof. And. Um, and you guys have a have an MZR architecture power plant in there now. Yeah. But it, you were mentioning yesterday that it wouldn't be that big of a project to switch to another compact yeah. four cylinder. Yeah. If, if that, that engine is that for sale. Um, and if anyone needs a Delta Wing with an engine, it's got an engine. If they bring their own engine, we'll make sure it fits. Um, it's you know a few weeks work. And some new parts, but uh, anything's possible. Cool. Uh, Emco gearbox obviously is a, is a Delta Wing design, but completely engineered and made by Emco, and they they've done a good job with that. 
Super. Uh, Simon Marshall, I know you guys are very busy this weekend or this this week doing your testing, so we will let you go. But uh, it, it's exciting, really, really exciting to see somebody out there doing doing something with a completely clean sheet of paper. And then we are we are excited to see, and we 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 can't wait until we see some of this technology. I don't think we'll ever see a Miata with two wheels, huh. you know, right next to each other. But obviously, there are people experimenting there. Yeah. I mean, there there are folks seeing what you're doing in other venues and seeing that, yeah, the physics the physics of this are sound and you know trying to make it work. Mm. So. And it hasn't been perfected yet. Yeah. You know, we've got a long way to go before we we can iron out all the kinks, and then it might be quite a normal thing to see a odd triangular shaped car on the road again <laughs> <laughs> very excited well th thanks very much for sitting down with us we appreciate it Have all right so that was mr simon marshall lead engineer of the delta wing program sarah what uh you're you're a, you're an you're an artsy type, but uh, what did what did your what did your inner engineer um, find interesting in that in that conversation? I think most people my age are interested in fuel efficiency and like what is going to happen in the future and uh, in relation to that, um, just like a general sense of anxiety about. Um, this isn't sustainable, so what what can we do? And it's really cool to see such a radical example of trying to solve that problem. Um, yeah, I, I, I think in, in any field, you know, whether it be be racing or, or any any sort of technology field, it's it's so cool to see anybody start with a blank sheet of paper. And and I mean, they've had some issues getting getting things rolling, but. Um, Boy, you can really see the enthusiasm when you when you when you talk to these guys. So, what are the implications of like if the Delta Wing finally stays together enough to finish a race and finish well, which it, it does seem incredibly capable of doing? What's what does that mean for sports car racing in general? Well, um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it was interesting that that he said they are going to be ready to build customer cars right. as soon as they have, you know, as soon as they have customers. So I, I think you're going to see a, a process. I mean, nothing, nothing builds success like success. As they've they've actually now led several laps at a at a race and and gotten. Some, uh, at Road America last year was uh, you know the first first time that they had, they had actually actually led a race, and uh, I think you're going to see you know when they finally manage to win a race, and I, I really think it's a matter of of when and, and not if. Um, you know they say you build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door. I I think that there's going to be more interest, but at the same time I think that there is uh, this very sort of ingrained comfort in in the familiar so i i think i think it's going to take some time but i think i think a couple of wins and and i think i think their phone starts ringing and and i think people start to see that that yeah there's there's more than one way to win to to win a race these days yeah, and maybe this formula will become another one of those ingrained comfort things for a, a new generation
Yeah, I mean everything everything is weird until it's been around for a while. Everybody was afraid of fuel injection and anti-lock brakes and stability control, and now, you know, we're we're finding not only a comfort level with that stuff, but the point where it's it's helping people go faster on on racetracks. So, yeah, I I think I think the big hump for for this team is going to be getting that getting that first win, and then people are really going to see, wow, there's you know there are different ways of doing things. Yeah, and we'll be there to cover it in our magazines. Absolutely. And uh, so if people want to subscribe to those magazines, uh, and I'm talking about specifically Grassroots Motorsports Magazine and Classic Motorsports Magazine, Sarah, uh, you, you know what? I want to subscribe to those magazines, but I don't want to have to pay a lot of money. What, 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 what can you do for me? For you and for anyone else listening to this, um, but especially for you, um, you can head to classicmotorsports.net slash discount and you'll get 20% off the regular subscription price if you sign up or renew there. And it's the same deal for Grassroots. Um, you just have to head to grassrootsmotorsports.com slash discount. 20% off, that's the best deal we can give anybody. And all three <laughs> podcast listeners. Anybody, anywhere. My mom cannot get a better deal. No, uh, my all right, so if, 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 if pays full price. if you have enjoyed uh the podcast please spread the word and uh please subscribe to our magazine and help pay our bills uh once again this is the grassroots motorsports and classic motorsports podcast my name is jg pastor jack and i'm sarah young and we will see you next time everybody thanks for listening bye